I'm spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host otherwise known as the Brain Broad. This is a place where we boldly go where nobody's gone before, except here on this show. <laughs> we go into these subjects of uh, curiosity, and we pull up a question, and we come up with an answer, and hopefully some of the answers have really hit home for some of you. Thank you for being here. I love that you're here so regularly. I just want to shout out to all of my listeners and say I'm, my numbers are going up and it must be for some kind of reason. Anyways, let's get on with the show because it's going to be an interesting one. Um, before we continue forward, though, remember to say to the very end of the show where we will have stories from the That's the place where I try to answer the question with a story, something that's happened to me or someone I know or something I witnessed, Um, hopefully never something I just made up. (laughs) I'll let you know if I get to that point. Well, actually, I suppose I could always read you a story I've written, but um, usually I'm able to pull something out of my experience so far, so good. Today's story or question, rather, is are we better off uh, today? trying to help our children with autism, given all the technology, the Internet, the things that are available, the things that are coming available, and the way that we can gather information so easily. Are we better off because of that, or are we worse off? And the reason the question is up for me, it's twofold. Um, it's up for me because when I began this journey by adopting, I got my son, and I, I was looking at him, and he was running around like a little Tasmanian devil, and they told me he was blind and deaf, but in fact, he wasn't bumping into any furniture, so I figured he couldn't be blind or deaf. And um, I, I literally was looking at him, reaching back into my mind, and, I, and, and you know, and trying to make sense of it all. And uh, apparently, he'd been severely malnourished and, and abused and locked up in a closet. So there was lots of reason to make up, and I... I thought of a movie about a feral child, and and I thought, well, maybe he's a feral child. Um, But something wasn't right with that idea. I held on to it, and I I talked about it for a while and, and, you know, broached it with a few doctors and things. But... But he just didn't look like they look in the movies. So um, so I, I was just still thinking and reaching back into whatever experience I had. And the best I could come up with was an Elvis movie. And in the Elvis movie, I may have talked about this before, but in the Elvis movie, there was a, a young girl who was apparently autistic because she'd been abandoned. And that's sort of how they believed back then. And, you know, my son had been locked up and taken from his mother, so um, perhaps he felt abandoned and could develop similar character traits. And so I was remembering this movie with Elvis Presley. <laughs> Imagine that. There he is, my therapist. And um, and I was remembering this girl, and I thought, I think this boy's autistic. 
because he won't look in my eyes and he's you know he's not talking but he he's growling and he he can't possibly be completely blind he's you know running around too fast and not hitting furniture and i didn't know anything about vision at the time so i didn't know that there could be such a thing as blind when everything is still and yet seeing when it's in motion and him staying in motion in order to see and you know all i knew is he looked to me different from what I had seen in movies with feral children and yet seemed to sort of match the idea of autism. I also felt some kind of an affinity for him, something the same about him as about me. And um, I remembered my parents, and again, reaching way back in my mind, I remembered a time when my parents were standing beside my bed and I was rocking and they were talking to each other and I was kind of half asleep and I heard them say, you know, my mom said, you think she's autistic? And my dad said, you know, no, I don't think so. And it, so I'd heard the word before I saw the Elvis Presley movie. Um, I, I didn't know any more than that. That's it. That's, that's my knowledge. So I'm standing there looking at my son and I figure maybe that's what it is. So start on this journey. I adopt him and that's a, a legal battle in itself. But uh, once I got him and got the diagnosis, I was just left with a diagnosis and, and no information, nothing that you can do, just sort of here's your diagnosis, oh, too bad, why'd you adopt that thing? And um, and so I, I reached for books, and that was all you could do then. There was no internet, there was nowhere to go, there was, you know, even just finding a diagnostic, a, a diagnostic clinic was difficult. And so... I, you know, I found this book and it was uh, telling me about aversion therapy and and basically it was a very cruel, 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 physically uncomfortable version of um, applied behavior analysis. Uh, it was sort of the beginning of that kind of thinking that something could be done and you should train them and I, it was just, but it was all I had, it's the only book I had. And then, um, you know, I read it, and and I looked at my son, and I started trying uh, some of the things, and, and it, it included pinching and slapping, and I didn't like it. I didn't like who I was. I didn't like thinking of a human being in this way. I just didn't feel comfortable going down this path because there was nowhere to go but more aggressive. There was no place to go from there but cruel. And that wasn't the journey I wanted to travel. I got lucky I saw a movie because here I am. This is my version of reaching out into the world and finding out what's available. And I saw a movie called uh, Sunrise. And it was about a family that didn't want to do that with their child. And so they did their own thing and, and they joined him in his, his play, his way, and tried to help him and Eventually, he he sort of uh, gathers the skills he needs to step forward into sort of age-appropriate groups and, and assimilate. And so now I have these two diversely different ideas. One is Sunrise and one is um, this movie, Sunrise. One is the Elvis Bradley movie, which has holding therapy, which didn't work either and the uh, so I guess it's three diversely different and the other one was um, the aversion therapy 
So from that very confused um, and paltry beginning, I started to try and reach my son. And, you know, uh, glutton for punishment, I figured more is better because you can learn so much more by having a whole house full of autistic people to figure out. So I adopted three more. And they were all in, in different places. And, in fact, uh, two of them had words like autistic like thrown around because there wasn't a spectrum yet. So, um, you know, it was a real hodgepodge, and there was still no Internet. So it was interesting journey, and I had to make it up. And I had the, in some ways, I had the ability to make the lack of connectedness. And so to address this question of are we better off with all this information at our fingertips or are we worse off? I thought, what can I do? You know, who, who would be a good guest? And then I, I came across the fact that my, um, where I've got my show, which is the autism channel, they are running an Indiegogo campaign. And I thought, well, who better to talk to the concept of getting information out without trying to shove ideas down your throat so much as just give it to you? than um, somebody that's sort of on the leading edge of presenting information without having a therapeutic slant and who's really sunk everything they have into it. So the two gentlemen that started the Autism Channel, just to let you know, they're, they're longstanding uh, people in the world of media. They've been around for a long time in radio and in television, and, they, and they're programmers. Um, Jerry... Um, talked. We'll, we'll talk in a minute, but, but the point is that... Um, at one point, they even uh, sold a, a patent for a program or something. I, I, don't, I don't even know if we'll get into that, but the point is they have taken everything that they have and they've put it into this project to try and help our community, and they don't even have autistic kids. So um, I really think that if we want to have availability of information, if we want to have that without a slant or a purpose or a therapeutic kind of or a product to sell, if we want to get that in a pure way and have it sort of collected somewhere, which is what we're always saying we want in our in our population here, um, we ought to give them some floor time and, uh, and let them speak to us about their campaign. And I really think we ought to get, you know, put our hands in our pockets and really give them a, ha- a hand here. So I'm going to skip any other guests and I'm going to go straight to Okay, 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 okay. It is time for the great guest giveaway. But today's great guest giveaway wants you to give away. So we're going to talk to Jerry Trowbridge. The reason we are going to talk to him is he's doing an Indiegogo campaign. Not just him, but a whole group of people that I'm associated with, that I adore, that I love. And because of that, we are sharing with you. So my great guest giveaway is going to plead, is going to beg, is going to ask you very nicely to give away a little bit of something to us so that we can keep on the air. So, Jerry, thank you so much for being here. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you. You do have that beautiful, you know, that nice deep radio voice. So let's start with that. You told me that you used to do radio and now you're doing this web channel. So they don't know anything about you yet. Let's do a little synopsis of your life and land in the autism channel. Many, many, many years ago in Los Angeles. You're, you're in L.A., aren't you? Well, close. Pretty close to L.A. Okay. Well, in, uh, in L.A., I started out in L.A. when I was uh, uh, pretty young, worked for a whole bunch of radio stations there. 
including one that was called KPOL, uh, finally, and I did news for them, et cetera. And um, that is where I met my, my partner, Ray Smithers, and he and I have started the Autism Channel. I was um, a radio newsman on his shift, actually, at, at KPOL. So we did a bunch of things. Uh, we're involved in a whole bunch of, of different types of new media. And about three years ago, uh, Ray and I decided that we wanted to do some pilots for, uh, for cable channels. Uh, because we were involved in new media and we've uh, been involved in, in nonlinear video editing for about the last 15 years or so. So one of the subjects that we were interested in was autism. And that was because I saw uh, a TED Talk with Temple Grandin. I didn't know who she was at the time. And she described over the course of her 20-minute talk exactly how my partner Ray thinks. He thinks in pictures, which has always worked well for us because I'm a very serial type of person and he uh, is a very multitasking type of person and he sees, sees things in his head completed and I'm the kind of guy who needs to go and get some graph paper and draw them out and figure, figure out what we're going to do first and then what we're going to do, do next. So the more we got involved with autism, the more fascinated we were. So we thought one of the subjects for one of these pilots ought to be a show about autism. But it ought to be different. It ought to be not people talking about autism from the outside. It ought to be somebody who's on the spectrum hosting it, and it ought to be a view from the inside. So it was difficult to find somebody to host that, and we got very lucky, and we found a guy named Dan Heinlein through a, a story that, that, that would, would take a whole show to, to tell. And we brought him down, and we, we, well, we had him do some, some demos first. We brought him down, and we, and we shot the pilot, and we turned on the, turned on the camera. And he just jumped off the screen. And we thought, we've really got a good show here. So we worked about a year on that, and we pitched it to a lot of the big uh, uh, cable organizations, and we almost sold it to somebody. And we didn't because the people we were, that were interested in it were in a lot of financial trouble at that time. And folks from the home office, in fact, had just shown up that very week that they were going to make a decision and told them they couldn't spend any more money. We had other, another couple of uh, organizations that were interested in it, but there was something that was really nagging us about an appointment television cable show that comes on at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. The more we talked to autism families, the more we would hear people say, I'm, I've got a crisis going on right now. Um, can I call you back at 10 o'clock tonight? Or... Can you call me at 5 o'clock in the morning? And we like to work all night, so, so that, that just worked great. So we realized in order for this channel to really make sense for the lives of the people that we want to watch it, it can't be on our schedule. It's got to be on theirs. And at that Absolutely. point, at, at that point, uh, over-the-top uh, devices, uh, uh, streaming media going to connected television was just starting to, to show up on the horizon. The, Ro- the Roku box was popular with people. Apple TV was talking a lot about what they were going to do. So we decided that even though we wouldn't be getting a big check 
right away from my, from my cable company, we should put our own money in this thing. We should produce programs that aren't an hour long, that are, that are shorter. And we ought to put up a, a, a facility that streams these things on demand. And, of course, uh, I'm sure your, your listeners of the podcast will recognize that you are one of the stars on the Autism Channel, and your Fix It in Five series is one of our most, most popular shows. Because you came with us. You heard, heard about us and came, came with us right away. So we worked about another year on it in order to get it all ready to go. And last, not last September, but a year ago September, we premiered on Roku. And our thought was, this is a slow-growth industry. We will very slowly just roll out on more and more and more devices until we are ubiquitous, until we're every place, until every kind of device that you can see video on has us there. We have, at this point, almost 30,000 homes that watch us on Roku. This is on one device that is, as far as, uh, as, far as uh, involvement in the, in the television of uh, the, the, the sets of connected televisions worldwide, this is a very small percentage. So at that point, we, we realized we've got something here that's viable. And if we can get on enough platforms, we can get enough viewers that we can sell advertising, and this channel can be available 24-7 to people worldwide, to people in small towns, that are hundreds of miles away from the nearest autism support center, we can be there any time. We can be there at 3 o'clock in the morning. So we started then to develop for other platforms. But what has happened is is that we are a victim of our own success. That there are really only, there are about 60 people like you that are program suppliers, that are friends of the channel, that are um, people who want to see us succeed, that are people in the autism industry, if you can call it that. We have a, we have a, a, a board of directors, or we have a, a, an advisory board, actually, that, well, actually, we have three of them. We have an advisory board of people that are involved in uh, organizations that are support we have an advisory board of people who are involved in business, and we are now forming an advisory board of people who are actually on the spectrum. So we realize at this point that we just can't do this as quickly as we need to, because over the course of the time that we were developing our little plat- one platform after another and that we were putting together a daily newscast, we, we do a daily newscast, we were so busy answering people's mail, so busy developing shows, so busy working with our program suppliers, so busy trying to get shows on the air that we couldn't roll out on other platforms fast enough. And that was when we thought, let's go to Indiegogo and see if we can get people who believe in this in this project and believe in in delivering this kind of material to people around the world to say if they believe in it enough to give us the seed money to be able to outsource development of other platforms, to be able to bring in more editors, 
to, to do the material. We've got a show which Dan Heinlein hosts, which is recorded at a car wash down here in Fort Lauderdale. And this is the most amazing story. This is a guy who has a kid on the spectrum who wonders what so many parents who have children on the spectrum wonder is what will happen to my child in the future? What will happen when I pass on? How can I set up something, a, a legacy for this, this family member so that, that he will be able to not just exist, but be a productive member of society, to, to have a fulfilling occupation? And these, these guys are really smart, this, this family. It's really, we have great, great respect for them. And so they went and looked at a whole bunch of industries, and they said, what, what industry depends on semi-skilled labor, where people need to be friendly, that can be, that can be profitable, and that can be self-sustaining? And they settled on a car wash. So they opened this car wash, and they put it together in such a way that it can be the model for other people across the country and, and you know, around the world, because everybody drives these, these days. It can be the model for, for other programs like this. And we've got the most compelling video, and it has sat on the shelf for the last four months. Because, because we don't... Yeah, we don't have you know you know what it's like to post produce. Oh post, my gosh! You know, yeah. <laughs> and thank you uh, for your patience with me, by the way. <laughs> oh well, thank you for your patience with us. I mean, we we would we would certainly certainly um, uh, not be very responsible to um, uh, you know to apologize to everybody for not getting our own shows through and then pound it <laughs> for other people. It's it, you know you know how tough it is. And we've got this stuff, and and this thing sits there and it eats at us every day because we say. Like, like everything else, what if this were the spark for somebody in Lancaster, California, to say, I could do this? You know what? It's not even just that. There's something really special here that maybe we should touch on a little bit. When I, um, remember I told you that I have a movie I'm in the middle of doing the sound editing for? Yes, you did. Yeah, and, was, yeah. Yeah, and so my, son, my son's, you know, play major roles in it. My low-functioning son, who's in the, the intro to Fix It in Five, he's got a major role in it. And so what was my motivator? I'm very similar to the guy with the car wash. You know, I'm going, okay, I've figured out all these other kids, what, what matters to them, and they've managed to become independent because I hit their motivators. And the only, the only thing that this, this very challenged person wants to be is listening to music or be in a movie. And he can't hardly be understood when he talks. In fact, I'm the only one at this point in the, in the memory. And I'm standing in line in a movie theater, and I'm seeing how everybody's looking at him. And I thought, if they had seen him in movies or on TV, they would not be looking at him in this way. Exactly. He would be a whole different thing to them. And... It's so true because he was, you know, in the schools that all the kids would want to know Dar because Dar was the one that didn't like anybody. So, boy, if he liked you, you were special. You know, they're all, hi, Dar, hi, Dar. And it's the same out in the world. If they see you on television or if they see you um, on the Internet or if they see you on movies. So I was standing there and I thought, wait a minute. That's bi it's bigger than Dar. If only 
we could do that for our population. What we would do is change how everybody looks at our population. Now, I'm particularly interested in helping my son, so that's what motivated me to put together this movie and then stick him in the intro. And He's actually really good, takes direction great, and, um, and captivates the film. So, you know, it's going to be great. But, but what you're doing uh, is very similar to what the guy with the car wash did and what every single family that I know that is raising or has raised an autistic person successfully has done, and that is they've gone, what is the motivator? What is the child like? What, are the, you know, what will we be able to set up? How will we set up a successful scenario? And then they move heaven and earth to make that happen. So what you're doing, which is the remarkable part, is you don't have autistic children. So what you're doing is you're enabling us to do this thing I wanted to do for my son, for our whole population, to take this out worldwide and say, here's who we are. Now look at us. And I want everyone to donate. <laughs> That's all well, there is well, to yeah, that. Well, so, so do we. And, and it's, it's funny how we got there. And it's also funny how many people have coalesced around this, like you, uh, like Western University, um, like Chalita, like the whole uh, 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 Coach Dave, uh, who is a, uh, a, a trainer who has decided to specialize in, in helping uh, uh, kids on the spectrum exercise and keep fit because, you know, that's a big, that's a big problem. Um, it's amazing how similar all of our views are on this and we knew early on I mean that's why we did the, the the flagship show on the channel is the is the pilot that was going to be on on cable and it is called I am autistic and that was the show that was going to have you know somebody on the spectrum as the host but the thing that we have discovered is we knew that people in the community wanted to see other people on the spectrum on television but we had no idea how much. We put shows on the air that aren't particularly compelling. You know, their shows are, are, are on, a, on, a, on a range of, you know, really, you're captivated. Your shows we find absolutely captivating. You can't turn them off. Well, we have other shows that are, that are, you know, talking heads. We have other shows that are people talking about themselves. We have other shows like that. But they really capture the attention of, of people in the, in the audience. We had no idea how much just putting people on the spectrum on the air would, would garner an audience of people on, on the spectrum and, and families. Because one of the things that we, that we think is an important mission for us is a family that has a family member that is newly diagnosed often thinks this is the end for me, this is terrible, this is the worst thing that can possibly happen to me. And what we can do for that family is we can let them look into the life of a family that has someone on the spectrum who was diagnosed 15 years ago. And we can show them what their future may be like. And when they see that, 
they realize this is not the worst thing that can happen to me. This may be a challenge. This may be not how I expected this was all going to turn out. But these are fantastic kids. And, and that's the other thing that, that touches on. When, the thing you just talked about, about, about your child and, and, and passion, we're going to live, and you talked about how we don't have kids on the spectrum, but, you know, that doesn't matter to us because we look, we saw this when we started looking into it, when we saw the increase, when we knew very little, we saw the increase in the, in the uh, incidence of diagnoses. We saw at that time, said, this is a freight train coming at us. And nobody seems to see it. And, of course, now we think, and this is just our personal viewpoint, but we think this is just really a change in, in society and, and a change in an ev a natural evolution. And an awful lot of people that are on our, our channel, uh, private screening, we have a show on, on, on the channel, which are two kids on the spectrum who are film students. And, um, and that's how uh, at, least, uh, at least one of the two believes that this is really kind of an evolutionary process. Because if you... A lot of kids, particularly, uh, uh, particularly uh, kids uh, diagnosed with what we used to call Asperger's, have an extreme focused interest. And they have a real understanding and knowledge of technology. Because interfacing with a machine is at least the same as interfacing with a person, or in some cases, it's preferable. Temple Grandin talks about if if they got rid of all the Aspies, Silicon Valley would have to close. I mean, <laughs> this, this is a okay. Ugly, okay. We so can talk forever about how great and how important it is, but now we got to sell them on why they're going to. Get off the like you know. Exactly. Stop just and listening and actually click over and go to Indiegogo and look up your campaign and what did they get out of it? So, and that, so they that's get the first stuff. thing. That's the first thing we probably should should suggest is is that here's how you get there. You go to Indiegogo.com and then at the very top of the page you click on browse. And when you click on browse, a whole bunch of campaigns come up. And you go to the left column, and you see in the creative category is Video Web. And you click on Video Web, and at that point, the first page of, of the most popular campaigns in Video Web comes up. And we are typically someplace on that page. Sometimes we're in the number one position. Um, we are, at the moment, in the number four position. If you don't find us on the number one page, go to page two, but I, I, I hope we'll, we'll, we'll stay on number one. And then you click on the Autism Channel logo with the spinning globe, and that takes you to our actual campaign. And in our actual campaign, if you go down the right-hand side, you see all the perks that you can get. And our featured perk is something for 25 bucks. And for 25 bucks, we, we thank you we include you uh, on an email list, but what we're going to do when we, when we get the money with this is we're going to follow what we do with it, and we're going to follow it in a video that we're never going to put on the channel. We may put little, little bits of the content on the channel, but we'll never put the whole thing, uh, whole thing on the channel. It will be the story of what we did with your money. 
and the victories and, and the defeats uh, that come from running this thing day to day, uh, getting on new platforms. There's some of it we can't, we can't, we've got non-disclosure agreements with manufacturers that, so, that it, so that we can't talk about some of the really exciting things that we can do in new media with connected devices. But we can talk about it after we do it. So it, this is the kind of thing that 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 we will prepare this, and at the end of it, you'll see. Uh, but you don't have to spend twenty-five bucks. You can spend five, and we'll thank you. You can just give us a contribution. Right. And so here's the easy way: you go to Google and you put the Autism Channel Indiegogo, and it'll come up. Boom. Um, or you can do it in the other order: Indiegogo Autism Channel. Um, boom. It'll come up. So you don't have to, you know search and look, it'll just come up in there as I just checked. I did it three times, so it worked every time. Uh, so that'll make it easier for you to find it. You'll be right in there, and you'll see $25 uh, perks. You'll see $5 perks. My very favorite here is because we're a coffee-drinking family. They have mm. the $40 for coffee-drinking angels. And so as the number goes up, you get a little bit more. You know, In this case, you get everything that you got before, plus you get an angel coffee cup. So I really like that. Um, you get DVDs. So you're going to get stuff. We're asking you're going to get you stuff. To, right. <laughs> we're asking you to give so that they can give so that we can give, right? And, and the perks, that, the, the way we designed all the perks, on the high end, here's something else we have. The way this is not, this is something that is envisioned as being self-sustaining. We never figured we'd wind up going on Indiegogo. The only reason we wound up on Indiegogo is, is that literally the devices are coming out faster than we can write the code, and, the, and the, the, the good program content is coming in faster than we can edit them. So we, we need help for that. But we, we think we will get to the point that, that advertising will support this because we could go the route of most people like you know, I don't want to compare ourselves with Netflix, but we work the same way Netflix does as far as streaming. We work the same way Hulu does as far as streaming. But families on the spectrum have so many places to put their money because we know the one thing about this disorder is, is that the fastest you can get, and so it's your show, the fastest you can get early intervention, the fastest you can figure out what's going on, the better the total outcome is going to be. So... So we know that... You know what, and, and in addition, um, I'd have to say that the, the lower the stress level, the better your outcome's going to be. Like in such a... Exactly. This is such a big deal to lower the stress level. So one of the things everybody, heart, you know, sort of targets uh, families of autism with is stress. They're like, oh, you've got to get there now. You've got to get it. you got to get it done. You've got to get the therapy. You've got to get the... And if you don't... And they give them those big lists and they're talking like this and, and the family's going, oh! But if you can just go to your computer when your exactly. child is finally calmed down or finally asleep if you're lucky or whatever, and you can turn it on and say, okay, give me, give me that boost I need. Give me that refresher. Give me that belief that my child has a future. Give me that whatever it is you need, yeah. and it's there it when you and want it, it. And it's all true. That's the thing yeah. that's so crazy about this is the stories. Uh, a lot of these, if you can find the passion, I mean, focused interest and, and passion are really two ways of saying the same thing. If you can find the passion in, in your child on the spectrum, 
It's like a flower opening. The, 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 the child will drive himself. The, the, it, it is, it's, it's amazing how simple a lot of this stuff is. One of the things we, we keep finding, you're, you're absolutely right what you were saying before, is, is that the families get so overtaxed and the families get so, uh, uh, so involved in the procedure that the result, you lose, you lose track of the result and you just, you, you just complicate the whole thing so, so much that, that the child can't, can't see clearly, that you can't see clearly, and, and it all just disappears in noise because noise, noise is such a problem to, to people on the spectrum. And, and dealing with the spectrum makes its own noise and it becomes this, this, this loop. You are listening to A New Spin on Autism. Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. Make sure you stay to the very end where we will have stories from the road. And right now, we're chatting and and learning from Jerry Trowbridge of the Autism Channel. We've got another perk that is very important to us, and, and, and that is the ability to buy spots which are going to keep this, this channel alive when we have enough, uh, enough viewers that we have a really, really large audience to sell. This is something that you can buy for yourself, for a business, uh, or for an organization. And you can come and you can, and you can spend oh, uh, $1,000 in one case. You can uh, uh, spend uh, uh, $1,200. You can spend $3,000. If, if, if you have a lot of money, um, that you want to give us to help, you can help us, and at the same time, you can help an organization by giving that organization commercial time uh, on our form. And, and as you go down the list of perks, as you see that the expensive perks at the very at the very bottom of the list are these kinds of things. Um, we also have a, a, a camera that you can give to an autistic family that uh, can help them produce a show because one of our shows is just, just to look into autistic homes. There are a lot of things. If you, if you take some time and take a look at it, you'll, you'll find something that's appropriate for you um, and something that, that would really, really help us because this, this channel can be such a boon to the half billion people worldwide who are touched by autism. Thank you for letting me be a part of your channel. I'm really excited and I hope my oh. people will <laughs> go and at least give you Whatever they can. Just reach in your pocket and give whatever you can. Support your own people. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Wow. Okay, guys. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I give you all kinds of pleas. I try to get you to, you know, pony up for books and, and call me and email me to try to get free stuff, and I don't get a lot of free response. Now, I... I do get a lot of hits and a lot of people are listening. So I'm not really sure why we're such such a timid group or if it's we're maybe it's just that we're so taxed we just don't have time to reach out and help the next guy. I kind of get that when I was um when I was working with my guys, I really didn't have any extra left either. It's only now that everybody's grown and gone and and done really well that I'm able to try to give back to the community. So I really understand. But I do know that y'all are on the Internet because <laughs> most of you email me late at night. So um, I do know that you're on the Internet and that, you're, and that you're paying attention and that we really would change the 
the the story for these these people if uh, if we even just gave five dollars. And why I think it's super important, and I'm not sure we even said it while I was talking with Jerry, is I, I really think that here is a you know here's a group that have have sunk everything into trying to help us, and all they need is enough help to sort of get past the point they're at right now, and we are going to have they just need to hold their own get some editors in there and keep going because a lot of attention is happening to them. We're getting a lot of response. And if you can just help them hold their own, then you will get what you want, which is a place to have a voice, to see different people all around the world, to find out my show alone is going to show you what, you know, what parts of autism have to do with culture and diet and, in, you know, just the environmental change and, and genes and what part, um, what part is, is just the autism itself versus all of that. So if we support these people, we are supporting a place that isn't telling you what to do, is telling you what is available to be done, showing it to you in an entertaining way and making it possible, possible to show it to the rest of the world so that the rest of the world might find us more palatable. And I say us because, you know, I've always been a little bit weird. And that brings me to stories from the road. So I'm, I'm in Maryland right now and I'm uh, doing an outreach. And the mom was uh, trying to explain how she hasn't quite managed to get her son to stop eating off the ground. And she said it to me in a kind of apologetic way. It wasn't part of the program. We were just up for dinner. And so I thought, well, it was a perfect time to tell her a story. So I said, well, that's all right. I didn't stop eating from the ground until I was in my 30s and I already had kids and I was raising. And then it adopted a bunch. And she kind of looked at me shocked. And so I told her this story about... Because to me, food on the ground just always looks so delicious, and what a waste that that you know chewed gum wasn't getting used. And uh, I'm serious, don't gag. And so, um, you know, I'm a thrifty sort of person. What can I say? I've been green before green was invented. And um, so I told her this story about when I had all my kids. At that time, I had six. I didn't have eight yet, and and they were following me to the store as sort of a line of, of crazy people, <laughs> all of us. I was pretending to be a goose in front, and they were, you know, following behind doing their various mannerisms, and I was acting like it was a game. And um, and as I was walking along uh, honking um, and, and trying to play a parade game with my kids, I saw this box of chiclets on the ground, and I tell this story much longer in my show and funnier, but I want to get to the point, so... Um, so I, I saw this box of gum that's like Halloween gum. So it's just, it's a very small little box and it was on the ground and I pick it up slyly, hoping my kids won't notice and, and, you know, there's not enough to share. So, uh, I pick it up and I pour it into my mouth and it's full of ants. And so all these ants go all over, you know, pour into my mouth and, and it's really disgusting and gross. And of course I have to like chew them off my tongue and, um, what was a secret wasn't for very long. Everybody wondered why I was eating ants. And, um, and so it drew my attention to the fact that maybe I needed a little help. And why that's applicable to today's question is because I was truly making it up. 
all every single goose stepping moment I was making it up and I had no place to turn other than schools and schools just wanted to control my children that's all they wanted them medicated and controlled and maybe taught to say thank you and please but I never ever ever thought that was the the story that they were meant to live and it never, ever occurred to me that that should be all they could do. And maybe that's because I was sort of like them. And I didn't feel like I was limited, so I didn't see why they should be. At any rate, I do think that eating gum off the ground and honking along <laughs> and then a parade walk <laughs> and drawing negative attention from the neighbors is going too far. And if there would have been an autism channel. When I was raising my kids, I promise you that while they were keeping me awake all night, I'd have turned it on and I'd have watched it and I'd have gotten the idea of what other people do and I've looked for folks that matched my folks and seen what I thought made sense instead of pulling simply from movies that weren't really unfolding at the time and weren't true footage of what's going on really. They were just ideas and stories that were invented out of possibilities. I would have been able to observe real families. And I think from there, I might have come up with some ideas much more useful than walking along the road, having my kids parade behind me like geese. That being said, it was my creativity and my ability to operate in a vacuum of sorts and not have the fear of my goose stepping days showing up on YouTube that left me able to be more creative. So the plus side of not having the Internet and not having the technological days that we have today is that I could sort of experiment. I could play with it and I could find a rhythm that worked for each of them and I could grow me as well as them. But the downside is there was nowhere to turn and I really was stuck making it up from my own ideas and I was really poverty stricken when it came to ideas on how to help. So I think something like the Autism Channel is the perfect marriage here. It's not about the Internet where people are trying to hockey wear so much as it's about a channel on the Internet that's available when you want it on demand and shows you real life and real solutions and real people, and you get to pick. And, of course, my son gets to be seen as someone on TV, and maybe folks will treat him better. There's that. I'm Lynette Louise, a story teacher, a host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. You know, that you see gum off the sidewalk, hey, come on, I've come a long way, baby. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Because without you, I would just be talking to myself. Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. 
You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to our Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of A New Spin on Autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. I can't hear.